Greetings. Welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is your host, Deirdre Simmons. Thank you for joining us this evening. Have you ever felt a strong sense of worry, fear for no apparent reason at all? Your heart racing, palms sweating, even to the point that you thought you were dying or at least going to lose your mind. Panic, doom, and gloom. These feelings causing interference with your daily activities. Well, these symptoms can categorically be described as anxiety. Tonight, I will share with you my own experiences and how this disorder has impacted most of my adult life. I am excited to be joined by my special guest this evening, life coach and mental health advocate, Maggie Morrison. She will help me put a face to anxiety. So, moving close, grab your tea and take a listen. You don't want to miss this. It has happened again. As I attempt to propel forward, a seeping feeling begins to occur. The faster I go, the stronger its force. I am focused, concentrating on my surroundings, but now my concentration has turned into delusion and distant haze. The road looks fuzzy, as if it is winding. My hands are wet with perspiration. My grip on the steering wheel intensifies. I reach for the dial to the air conditioner, despite the fact that it's 38 degrees outside. The sound of music from the radio fades. Nothing can be heard except the pounding of my heart and the horns of the cars behind me. I ask myself, am I going to lose it this time? Will I perish? This is what occurs each time I attempt to drive my car. Each ride to work, the grocery store, the doctor's office, or even to visit a friend becomes a reign of terror, a simple trip. Panic attacks have become a permanent part of my life. Just like my name, height, weight, gender, and ethnicity, they sometimes describe who I am. I am no longer a daughter, a sister, a wife, a friend. I become a bundle of nerves, a scared, frightened, and out-of-control individual. Despite the calming techniques, I still feel sluggish and unable to drive. Nothing seems to work. This is a piece from this is a piece from an article that I wrote many years ago called In the Corners of My Mind. Panic attacks are something that are a constant in my life. Since the age of 19, I have actually suffered from panic attacks. Many people who I encounter and deal with every day are not even aware of this fact. Tonight, I want to share my own personal journey as well as uh, get some information and tips and hopefully uh, I am able to uh, help someone to either understand what they are going through or maybe someone that's even close to them. Our guest this evening is a mental health advocate, an entrepreneur, a sexual abuse survivor, as well as advocate. 
a mindset coach, a mom. I'd like to welcome to Sippin' Tea with D, Miss Maggie Morrison. <laughs> Maggie, how are you this evening? Hi, D. I'm so great. How are you doing? Thank you so much for your time and for having me here. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's great to have you. Um, tonight's topic is actually very personal for me, um, as you as you can tell. And uh, I, I ask you to join me uh, in this discussion as uh, you and I have had a discussion in regards to uh, anxiety and what that looks like. But I want to uh, discuss anxiety from the perspective of, um, of women. Mm. You know, it's... Uh, it's one of those topics that many that many people have not really approached um, and they don't talk about. But being in the space that we're in with the recent pandemic, I have run across a lot of people who, for the first time in their lives, are kind of faced with um, feelings of anxiety and uh, panic attacks, you know, um, you know, all sorts of uh you know, d- disorders and things in terms of mental health mm. that they had not faced before. So as someone that um, I consider myself kind of a veteran <laughs> with uh, this issue, because at the age of 19, I didn't really understand what what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have learned uh, up to the age of 51, as I am today, kind of how to cope with them. Um so I just want to talk about that and even your own experience uh, with uh, anxiety and panic attacks. But before we do that, uh, I have to ask you that question that I ask <laughs> all of my guests. What tea are you drinking this evening? I usually I'm sipping on. Yeah, because I'm sipping on a little green tea over here. So what are you drinking? That's what I have in my mornings. I'll do some green tea with uh, with some honey. But right now I'm about midday through. So I am drinking some coffee. <laughs> okay, but okay. It's my favorite coffee. It's actually got collagen infused into it. So it makes your skin glow and it makes you look more awake than you really are. So <laughs> it's a win-win. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, that's different. That's different. Okay, well, welcome, as I said, to Sippin' Tea with D. Um, and, you know, let's start unpack this directly. What exactly is anxiety? Mm. Well, first off, I have to say your writing was absolutely beautiful. I mean, if that, oh, thank oh you. my goodness, you were talking and I was just sitting here inside, just taking in every word and really feeling you and feeling the experience, you know, and, and, you know, that's anxiety. It's so, I mean, I had panic attacks for 17 years, you know, and it's just, Mm. it's such a personal experience and it's so just, just deep and very specific and very, and it's interesting when you hear somebody who, I mean, you articulated it absolutely beautifully and the way you worded that just, it, yeah, it, it really pulled me into your perspective that people don't really understand. And I think that's where, no. you know, right. I think that's where a big part of the stigma comes from where it's like to the av- quote average person or somebody who doesn't understand anxiety or maybe hasn't had any personal experience with it, you know, something as simple as getting in the car, something as simple as walking into the grocery store. If you, oh, yeah. oh if you have anxiety and your thoughts are just, running deep and you're just in a constant, you know, just fear, 
mode, something that simple is really scary and it's really it overwhelming, is. you know, and, and oh God. It, it's just, it's so profound. And I, again, I think that's where the way that you worded that was just so brilliant because it really does depict the seriousness of something quote seemingly so simple is really, really deep and heavy and hard for some people. And, you know, just the way that you worded that was just absolutely perfect. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, it's, it's so funny because I, it's a, it's a part of me that I really don't discuss yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and there are very few people that know me that even know that, uh, I have this disorder, mm-hmm. um, that, that I've ever, that I've even experienced it. Um, I, there was a time where I was kind of ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want anyone to know yeah. that I was having these issues. I mean, first of all, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Uh, because you, you automatically, your body goes into, you know, kind of like fear mode and you can't really explain why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, being someone who, uh, seemingly is very strong, you know, always in charge, kind of a leader, you know, it's very difficult. And, uh, I, I, at one time I found it kind of embarrassing to share that. I experienced this. I no longer feel that way because I do understand that by sharing my story and my experiences that it can help other people. And I would rather do that than uh, to kind of keep it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think yeah. the more we share stories like that, it, it not only, you know, opens up the conversation, it lets other people who maybe don't really know what's happening when they're having a panic attack or when they're having anxiety. Maybe they don't, you know, they're having these bouts of, you know, just nervousness and overwhelm. And, but, you know, I want to get into the physical piece with this as well, but, you know, for right now, some people don't know that they have anxiety or they don't, you know, there's, they haven't put a word to it yet. Right. And so we're trying to just like navigate life and we're so confused. And then you added in a, a very crucial element to this conversation where it's like, especially those of us who are leaders and known mm-hmm. to be strong, I feel like there's a part of our subconscious that, you know, we've been, you know, we tell ourselves that we have to be strong, right? And we have to push and we have to show up for everybody. Exactly. And so I think there's a, another element of maybe I don't know if guilt is too kind of dark of a word, but it, it, there's an element of guilt because it's like, why do I feel this way? I'm so I'm such a strong person. I'm always there mm-hmm. for everybody. I'm a leader. Why is this happening to me? And a lot of people, mm-hmm. right, men and women, you know, anybody with anxiety, I think they fight it because it's a lack. You can't show weakness, and it, it's right, right. Exactly. And then exactly. on top of that, when it's something so just not spoken about and it's kind of a taboo subject and it's like do I have anxiety do I not have anxiety what is this so on so forth you know I mean you talked about the physical element and it's real it is so I've had panic attacks where I thought I thought that was it I mean I they it's scary it's really really scary and you know I mean I've been hospitalized like you know you go to the emergency room you think you're having a heart attack 
exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you swear, mm-hmm. you swear that something's wrong because you know something's wrong. You feel it in your body. And they run all the tests and they do all the things. And then, you know, the doctor comes out and he's like, we can't find anything. It must just be anxiety. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that it's hard to diagnose. Is there even a diagnosis? Is there a medical this is what anxiety means. No, it's different for everybody. Right. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like things like feeling nervous yeah. and, you know, uh, that, that feeling of fear, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and, and it's so funny that you said like, you know, you feel like you're having a heart attack, like you go to the emergency room and you're describing, Oof. uh, you know, some of the, the, some of the symptoms you begin to, to you know and 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 it's not even for a long period of time Mm -hmm. it's for a short period of time but the feelings are so intense Mm -hmm. that it's difficult to even describe and understand what is going on like why is this happening I at the age of 19 when I started to get them I was kind of going through a transition Mm um I had left college uh and I said, I decided to sit out for a semester mm-hmm. and I remember, um, I was sitting out a semester cause I didn't do well my first year and I didn't know what I want. I knew I wanted to go back to school, but I felt like maybe I needed a break and I needed to kind of think about some things. Mm-hmm. So I immediately decided, so, you know, I, my parents allowed me to sit out for that semester and I worked. And I remember when I started working, I immediately regretted my decision. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, it felt like, uh, doom and gloom almost every day because I was working um, I'm not going to name the company Mm -hmm. but I was working and there were a lot of adults that were working in the same uh, Mm -hmm. place and I you know I was 19 so you know at the time I think minimum wage was 335 Mm -hmm. and I was probably making five to seven dollars an hour or something. So I mean, at nineteen, that was probably a yeah. Big you were deal. doing well, yeah. But yeah, right, exactly. But what frightened me is that the place where I was working, there were adults with families mm. and you know people that had children and they were married. And I just kept thinking, like, oh my god, like if I don't get it together, this could become my reality. <laughs> I could get stuck here, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. And I just kept so that was kind of like my initial thought process process at that time. Like this, this is what was going on. And then I kept saying, okay, I got to get back to school. So I remember being on a bus and on the way home from work. And suddenly I just immediately felt like I had to get Mm. off. Like I had to get off this bus. Like I got to get off. So, because I, I couldn't explain it. Uh, I was, uh, I didn't have like any friends or anything with me. I couldn't explain. I just knew that I had to get off. I didn't, you know, and it wasn't even a stop. It wasn't even like a, a, a scheduled stop. And I remember walking to the front of the bus and telling the bus driver, please, please let me off. Let me off of the bus. And when he did that, uh, I literally literally got off and when I got off the bus I was like what are you doing like what are you going to do because I couldn't figure out why I got off 
and I didn't know what was going on. So then, of course, uh, uh, another bus, when the next bus came, I got on. But then I couldn't identify it. I couldn't figure out why I was going through this, what, you know, caused it. So then I, it, it, when it happened mm. again, a couple of days after that, then I started to really worry because I didn't know what was I didn't know what was going mm. on. So one day um, it was really, really bad where not just that I feel that I needed to run or get away, but those feelings that you talked about, like my heart was racing and my chest was kind of hurting. And I felt like either I was going to faint or I was going to have a heart attack. I didn't know, but uh, it was just terrifying. So I ended up getting taken to the hospital. And at that time, this was like the late eighties. And I remember they didn't really, they couldn't identify. They didn't say what they thought it was. Uh, they were asking me a lot of questions about what was going on at the time, what was happening. Uh, they ended up releasing me, but I became afraid to go outside. Mm. <laughs> so I believed that for some reason, if I went outside, that that feeling would occur mm. again. So I ended up staying in for literally of the doctor he gave me he did give me medication but he gave me medication for motion sickness because i guess because i said it started on the bus <laughs> yeah. so yeah so he gave me medication for motion sickness which did nothing but make me sluggish yeah that, that's weird to do you know? <laughs> I, I wouldn't really go exactly. that route, but yeah <laughs> yeah so it didn't right. make sense so then i stayed in for almost almost two weeks like I literally was afraid to go outside and I'm 19 years old and this thing is happening and I can't explain it. And my parents are checking on me and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. And I don't know. And they don't mm. know. And I remember calling my doctor. It was like right before new year's Eve. And I was like, you know, listen, I'm not getting any better. Is there something else you can give me? Like I, and he's, he just said, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you, you have, you have to, you have to, you know, you have to get out. You have to go outside, Like you can't, you can't, uh, stay in a cave. You have to go outside. He just kept mm -hmm. saying that. And he just kept insisting there was nothing wrong and that I was making up, but he never said the word anxiety. He never said the word panic. So I had nothing to associate it with. I just had to kind of take his tough love and, and move along and try to go with it. But I was always in the back of my mind, kind of afraid that that feeling or that, you know, that would come up again. So just talking mm -hmm. about that, then I started to try to figure out like triggers, mm -hmm. like when we talk about anxiety, like what kinds of things will trigger, you know, these feelings? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, you know, what, what do you think that would trigger us or anyone to feel um, in a space where uh, they, they would, you know, begin to feel anxiety or, or an yeah. attack? Yeah. I mean, attack. everyone is, you know, everyone's different, but from, you know, from my experience, you know, I'm, I'm a mindset coach and I'm, you know, a board member with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And, you know, so we've done a lot of research when it comes to, you know, just the science behind what's happening in your body. And also really, you know, nutritional psychiatry is making its way um, into the forefront mm -hmm. slowly, but surely, but I'm, you know, one of the few people that's trying to really push this where, 
you know, a lot of the time it's, it's because of a nutritional, you know, deficiency. Um, we're seeing a lot of people with mm-hmm. depression have a lack of magnesium, you know, in their diet, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But, but when it comes to triggers, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very open-ended answer, but you know, the amygdala in the brain is the part of your brain that puts you into a fight or flight response. Right. And so, but that's mm-hmm. all based on your perspective of the situation, right? What lens am I wearing and looking at the situation, right? Three people can look at the same situation. Somebody can see it as an opportunity. Somebody else can see it as the worst thing in the world. And somebody else can see it as, you know, this isn't a big deal. I'm going to overcome it somehow, right? So this is all, right? This Absolutely. All this goes into the conversation of like, I mean, self-trust, you know, it, it's not about, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about, you know, it's not about if something is going to happen to you in life. It's about when. And I don't mean, right. And I don't when. mean that in like a, like a, you know, negative way. It's just a matter of, you know, I think some people, gosh forbid, you know, things happen that are outside of our control. And that's the reality. Accidents happen and, and, and you know, there's death and, and people do things that, you know, we didn't really want them to do, right? So it's not about if something's right. going to happen. It's more so a matter of, you know, when you're faced with adversity in life, do you have that, you know, really subconscious, deep rooted, just, you know, soul, faith in God, you know, trust in yourself to really fight through, mm-hmm. you know, this time. But, you know, from a physical standpoint, from a science standpoint, that's where I'm coming from is, and from personal experience, you know, with panic attacks, it's the story that we have, right? You want to talk about triggers, this, the, the subconscious mm-hmm. story, and you and I have talked about this, you know, in private, the subconscious story that we have around things, right? Around money or men or relationships or, you know, our jobs mm-hmm. or career or, you know, even, right? Like you and I both experienced the same thing where it was like, wait, the story that I have about myself and the way that I need to show mm-hmm. up is this. I, you know, right? Bullet points. This is the de- right. definition right. that we get that society has given this, right? And so, but what if I don't, well, I'm strong. Why am I showing weakness right now? Oh my gosh. And then we go into this whole guilt cycle, you know, right? And exactly. so the triggers, you know, from a physical standpoint, it's, you know, we talked about like, I, I, when I was listening to your story, you know, this happened around the holidays for you, right? And so it's, mm-hmm. what is your story around the holidays? I know, you know, for my personal experience, mm-hmm. you know, my, my family, you know, went through a lot and, and families are, you know, very complex and we're a big Italian family and there, there's a lot of us, oh, and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of us that have opinions and, you know, things have happened and things happen in, in families that, you know, certain people disagree or some things happen, you know, and, and so if your story around family, if, if a situation with your family maybe isn't good, or maybe you live far away from your family or, you know, mm-hmm. something happened on Christmas one year and now you associate that thing with Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to. Yeah. Cause that definitely yeah, happens right? a lot with, with, you know, in terms of triggers, like, you know, uh, associate, yep. association. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the holidays, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it triggers a lot of people because it's that time where we've all been told, you know, we've all been painting this picture where, you know, we need to have, you know, the roasted duck on the table and the fire needs to be burning in the back and everybody needs to be happy and everybody needs to have a million presents. And, and when we have that story of what quote Christmas should look like, now we're going into the holidays these days. Mm -hmm. And 
after yeah. a lot of people have been like financially hurting for eight months, right? And so, not to mention all of the yes, loss, right? Right. You know, people are mourning I mean, the know, loss. So you got couple yeah, like that. this is a lot yeah. of people's quote first Christmas without pop up. Right. And, and so it, exactly. it triggers a what could have been or, or what did my life look like mm-hmm. before? And now I'm looking at the situation now with so much guilt because I can't afford to buy the presents I want for my family. Or, you know, what if my kids don't have the Christmas that they want or, you know, whatever it may be. And so I think a lot of the time the holidays bring up a lot because their representation of for some people you know they can they can see that time and kind of get really lonely you know because they're far away from home or yeah you know so you know it comes to triggers a a, it's really a matter of you know managing you know the story that you're telling yourself about the situation right you you and I have worked and and I do Mm -hmm. one of the basis of my coaching is subconscious you know, thought reprogramming, because a lot of the time, the stories that we have that we needed to, to make right in life, don't, don't, don't serve us Mm -hmm. in every age and every element, you know, as the years goes on, as we evolve and grow as people, you know, those same stories that maybe helped us when we were, you know, in a different time in life don't really serve us anymore. Because, right, because they're absolutely kind of like fear and survival mode, right. And so, when we speak to our own safety, we can calm the amygdala mm-hmm. of the brain so it gets out of this fight or flight response. We don't, we, the cortisol release, which is a stress hormone, which causes inflammation, it goes down. We can save our health for the long term. The talk about anxiety is people really don't talk about anxiety and like the long term effects. When you, when you're constantly in, inflammation in the body and that's where dis- that's where disease oh, loves sure. to grow from because it's dis-ease in the body so this mm-hmm. is all really it's really you know powerful these conversations around anxiety because you know I think different people again different people have different levels of it um but overall over the long term mm-hmm. if we're not able to manage our perspective of the situation and you know what helped me manage my triggers around the holidays right because the holidays would be a trigger for me after, you know, my family went through a lot of, of things and some of us, you know, stopped talking to each other and, and so on and so forth. And so, and, and now I live a thousand miles mm-hmm. away from my family, you know, here it's, it's me, my fiance and my, and my son. Um, so how have you reshaped? Yeah, right. So, so it's about, like, yeah, it's reshaping the story. It's it really, you know, shifting the way that mm-hmm. you see it in a way that's empowering. We, the, the, we, have this knee-jerk reaction to it's called catastrophic thinking right so when we're thinking of something bad the brain what it wants to do is it's going to find anything similar to what you're doing right so if you're in this bad place and this low vibration of of thinking and believing the brain's going to take one thing you're going to stub your toe you know on the sidewalk one day and you're going to say gosh that's right. I hate my job. I hate my husband. I hate all that. And it's like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> you just have your job. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Right. And so we, we speak to the safety. And a lot, of, a lot of the time, what I ask my clients is, you know, when you're in a state of emotional overwhelm, let's evaluate the story that you're telling mm-hmm. yourself. Is it fact or is it feeling? A lot of the time we like, right, we like to assume okay. things about the way that other people are thinking or the way that right. other people are feeling or, 
you know, he hasn't texted me back and oh my gosh, like we're breaking up. He, you know, there goes my relationship, whatever. And is it a fact or is it a feeling? Is it true? Maybe he's at work. Maybe he's busy. You don't know that that's true, right? It's a, it's a feeling that you're, that uh-huh, you're, that you're uh-huh. manifesting by not managing the mindset and speaking to your own safety and speaking to your truth. So ask yourself, is what I'm telling myself that's overwhelming my, myself so much, is it fact or is it feeling? And so, some of my clients prefer, is it uh-huh. true or is it false? Right. What am I telling myself? Is this absolute, is this okay. absolute truth okay. or is it false? Right. And so, you know, okay. and okay. looking at, you know, Tony Robbins talks about, you know, again, when we go into catastrophic thinking, I was just talking to a client about this this morning. We go into catastrophic thinking, we're thinking something, you know, bad and the brain wants to just go in that direction. So, you know, gratitude, I, I swear, it, in, in 30 years, oh, yeah. there will be tests and studies, I hope, that gratitude literally, our brains are malleable. There is neuro, it's called neuroplasticity, which means we can literally rewire our brain. It's a muscle and we can build back that muscle just like we would as a mm-hmm. muscle in our thighs, just like we would in a muscle as a muscle in our arm. And so, you know, when we meditate, we meditate, we, you know, activate the amygdala of the brain and help to heal parts of the brain that it's called gray matter, which is an effect of stress. So what, what meditation does is it heals wow. that gray matter and gets it out and, and really just, you know, reprogram. It's not just about reprogramming the thoughts. It's about rehealing the physical structure of our brain. And that li- meditation has the power to do that. But gratitude like there will be studies that gratitude literally has the power to shift the health of your brain, the formation. I swear <laughs> it's, you know, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I just finished. I just finished uh, actually Aww, two gratitude I love challenges. That. I did one. I did one. I did one at, uh, in September, mm. October, around that time. And it was like a 21 day challenge. And I loved it because there were mm. exercises involved. Um, there were meditations involved. And what I found is that it really, really kind of helped mm. me to center my thoughts and kind of focus on things. And I literally, I realized probably by the uh, 14th day, like a difference Mm. a difference in how I saw things, yep. a difference in the way in which I felt. Uh, so I certainly agree with you. And I just Aww. finished a five day challenge Yay! on Friday, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and part of the reason I participated in that was because, you know, the shifting of the mind. And I remember how good I felt just focusing on uh, the positive. And then, you know, I felt like last week was kind of a stressful week. So by, focusing on that challenge and, you know, identifying every, you had to identify yep, five yep. things each day, yep. um, you know, and each, each day just recognizing and, and honing in on that positive certainly mm-hmm. helped to shift my mindset. But I do certainly agree with you in terms of evaluating your story, factoring your feelings, you know, does, is this, you know, does it make sense? Um, managing yourself, is this fact or is this feeling? I think those are, uh, you know, things that you we can think about when we find ourselves in those situations, you know, when anxiety is starting mm-hmm. to slowly build. Um, I think 
also just being in, uh, you know, just a stress, everyday stress. And, you know, what you said earlier about, um, you know, identifying what your story is and then what people think that, you know, what mm-hmm. people may think that it should be, you know, uh, for whatever reason, based on who you are, based on what you look like, and then you trying to be something else. Those are kind of some of the reasons why initially I felt no. like I yeah. didn't want to yeah. share my story, you know, right? just, just the shame of, you know, of having to, you know, say, well, no, I'm not as strong as you think I yeah. am because this is happening. But in, you know, just having someone think that the idea of someone mm. thinking that, but, um, what I've learned through the years and through my own, you know, power is really in telling your story and speaking your truth. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And, and I think it, it, there's a lot of energy in that. And it's, you know, I, I think guilt and shame. I mean, guilt mm-hmm. and shame are the two as a mindset coach, as you know, like when I work with people one-on-one, I mean, we, we attack it from a nutritional standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. We attack it from a mindset perspective, but also just like the energetics of emotions in the body that, you know, guilt and shame, I, I believe, you know, in my line of work are the two worst feelings that a human can feel and have in our subconscious programming because if we feel guilty or we regret something in our life it literally affects every single decision that we make throughout the day yes right and and so you know guilt and shame and and just regret it's it's they're low vibrational emotions but that energy sticks in our organs and and you know i mean this is kind of left field but it's just interesting how you know talking Right. The magic of talk therapy, just getting it off your chest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so simple, but you just feel so much better. It's like a weight lifts it off, literally. Right. Because the weight of our emotions is so heavy that when we literally talk to a friend, share your, this is why D, this is why I just, I love you so much and I have so much respect for you. And I just, I, I I just, but I love that you just represent, you know, just sharing your voice to share your truth because a lot of the time, you know, in the beginning, it's about your own healing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then as it goes on, it's about, you know, really, you know, just transmuting that and helping others, you know, and you've been through so much and you've overcome it and you, you know, you're doing it exactly how, you know, you, you go through it, you experience it. And then, you know, you share it so that, we just raise awareness of this and we, we help people, you know, not feel so alone. And recently and so thank you for that. And, yeah. you know, because it, you know, as I said, it's just always been like that secret that I had, but yeah. recently I had to, uh, I had to help uh, a, a, the daughter of a very dear friend of mine mm-hmm. who, who is currently going through anxiety mm-hmm. and she, you know, again, she's young. She's around the age that I was when mine started. Mm. She wasn't, you know, she was convinced that that's not what was going on. Um, and when I found myself talking her through it and listening to her, it literally took me back. Like it literally, I, I, I know exactly how she felt exactly what she was going through. And I, I felt for my friend because as a mom, she didn't know, she didn't understand and she, you know, it was breaking her because she couldn't help her in the way that she wanted to. Mm. But I was explaining to her, you know, by me sharing and explaining to her, you know, this is 
what's going through her mind. This is why she is feeling this way. You have to just let her, you know, because when you get to that space where your anxiety is so high, like there's nothing rational that anyone can say. So they're not going to hear you anyway. Mm -hmm. But once you come down and that state and your body is exhausted, (laughs) you know, um, you can kind of receive, you know, things a little bit better, but I just kind of talked her through it for, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks and I still send her daily messages and I check on her to, uh, make sure, but she was, she is, she's going through something as a young woman, but she did not associate those feelings with what she was feeling physically. So I kind of look at it sometimes like you're, you're turning on yourself. You're kind of internalizing some things. And I think even in the state of, um, you know, with the pandemic and the holidays, you know, like we, you know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, we were talking about people, you know, preparing for the holidays and financially may not be able to meet some needs. And, you know, that can bring a level of anxiety or just the holidays looking different period, you know, and it's just about, changing that story and being able to accept where you are and talking about where you are and finding, um, finding some solace, you know, uh, I was lucky that there were periods in my life where I was offered medication, but I was never really on medication. You know, I tried to do the things that you mentioned earlier in terms of my nutrition, change my eating habits, um, working out helped a lot, uh, in terms of the balance in my body and my mind, uh, because physically working out was making me stronger, but I found that the challenge of working out was making my mind stronger because I was pushing myself in ways that I had not. And as a result of that, it helped to uh, alleviate a lot of the panic attacks that, that I had been experiencing, you know, but I just think that it's important that, um, you know, that when people are in this in this state, or if they are feeling these things, that you talk to someone, that you reach out to a counselor, um, you know, uh, that you do your own research and just kind of figure out for yourself what works for you in terms of how you're feeling or, you know, talk to a therapist, um, talk to your doctor if you need to, um, but find ways to, um, that work for you that will help you to kind of alleviate some of the things that are causing you journal journaling is really, really great. I mean, that that's something that I've done. That's also helped me identifying my feelings and why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And, you know, those triggers, those things that bring me to a certain space where I'm feeling, um, not quite myself or I'm feeling out of control. Uh, as I said, the piece I wrote earlier, I admit writ- I had written it many years ago. Um, have I experienced that since then? Some there have been some incidents, but nowhere near um, as frequent as I did then. Uh, I've also done some things where, you know, because I know that certain things happen when I'm in the car, uh, I've actually altered. Maybe I found an alternate route. Uh, maybe, um, I'll do something like I may chew gum to kind of distract myself. Uh, so I've, I've found ways for myself, you know, to cope and to kind of function, 
uh, in, in, so I can stay away from that haze and that feeling of being out of control. But the biggest thing is just really, you know, like Mackie stated, just kind of talking to someone and just evaluating my story and why am I feeling like this? What, what's going on? And it really addressing that particular issue and addressing that need. You know, to add to uh, your your beautiful point, of the, and it came in through in your story, you know, this element of just guilt and shame, you know, mm -hmm. and, and self-judgment. You know, I, I, I tell my clients a lot, like, first and foremost, I mean, drop the judgment of yourself and really look at yourself. Less judgment, more curiosity, you know, instead wow. of, right? Instead of feeling ashamed mm -hmm. for what you're going through, instead, like, don't push this feeling down. Don't ignore it. Don't push it away. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay. It's not good, but it's normal. And it's a human thing that happens and our bodies get overwhelmed. And, you know, it, like I said, it's that part of the brain that's just in like overwhelm and a fight or flight response and it shuts our whole body down, you know, and, right. and it's okay. It, 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 it happens and you're not a bad person to have anxiety. And, you know, and when we approach it with more curiosity, it opens up that door of self-love and just wow. really just respecting ourselves and taking care of ourselves and having a relationship with the woman that we, that we are right. Mm -hmm. the, the woman that we want to be the woman who, you know, you have, you have got your head off the pillow every single day and you have used your amazing legs to walk you through this life. And, you know, you are God given, right? We are limitless beings and, you know, things happen to the body that the body gets overwhelmed, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a thing that happens and it's okay. And, you know, when you're in that moment and we think we just try to push it away and we try to ignore it and just feel better, feel better, feel better. We can't, right. right? Like we, we can't motivation Monday ourselves into feeling better. Like you just, mm -hmm. it's just, I think that's just not really respecting our feelings. And so, you know, when you can speak to your own safety and just say, Hey, like, okay, this is, this is what's happening. This means I'm overwhelmed. This means that I need to give myself a lot more self-love. I need to schedule mm -hmm. a lot more bath times this must mean that I need to, you know, start, you know, eating a little better and drinking a lot more water instead of the, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm a leader. Am I, am I being weak? What is this? You know?
Yeah, because those are actually the things that can really make us feel like, you know, that we're really falling apart. <laughs> you know, if we're not on top of things, if we're not following, uh, what, you know, what we set out to do every day, if we're not uh, fulfilling our roles, you know, these are the very things that could, you know, give us such a level of stress that we're not even realizing, like, this is what I am not doing every day. And if I don't do this, this could happen. And, you know, we want to kind of get away from that. We want to get away from, you know, like you said, judging ourselves and putting ourselves in uh, certain positions. And this goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, factoring in your feelings and, you know, kind of evaluating your story, you know, identifying and standing on who it is that you are and, and what's going on. So definitely, uh, these are definitely things that we have to consider and that we need to think about. The other thing that I wanted to uh, share too, just in terms of anxiety um, is uh, like a grounding exercise that I was introduced to. And, and this is also helpful as well mm. um, in which, you know, you kind of, Again, you look at five, there's five things you got to consider. You look around, you identify, um, you know, saying your name, mm. you know, you know, look at one thing that you taste. Think about two things that you smell, mm -hmm. three things that you can hear, um, four things that you can feel, uh, five that, you know, identify five things that you see. And this is just like, a, a, you know, a, a technique for those that have experienced panic attacks that I was introduced mm -hmm. to. And I tried it. It really, really does help you when you need to stay calm. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably won't even get to all, you know, all five steps because you'll start to feel yourself once you start to, you know, identify some things by the time you get to three things that you hear, you know, oh, I hear a horn or I can, I can hear someone walking or, you know, I hear a car, you know, by the time you get to like midway, you're, 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 you're already starting to calm and, um, you know, kind of find yourself grounding and, and getting back to, to who you are. Yeah. So, you know, th that's, that's something else, uh, just a, a small a technique that I, I was introduced to that I think that would help others as well. Oh, I love that. It's being in the here and now, yeah. you know, a lot of the time yeah, anxiety exactly. is because we're, we're, we're regretful of something in the past or worried about something in the future and we be in the here and now. Right. I think that's beautiful. That's mm -hmm. perfect. Being, being mm -hmm. in the here and now. Yeah. Yep. And it's so funny because those are things that we can't control. We can't control what happened in the past, yep. can't control what's going on in the future. Like, you know, some things are just destined. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like you said, being in the here and now. Um, Maggie, I really, really want to thank you uh, for sharing with me and talking to me today. Uh, I, I just hope that, you know, uh, you know, being candid and, and, you know, just allowing myself to be vulnerable. I'm hoping that this discussion has helped someone. Uh, and of course, I am always open, guys, to hearing you know, what are your feelings? Have you ever felt this way? Have you been having these feelings and did not realize what they were? Mm. Um, did anything have we that we've said helped you tonight? Please share it on the message board on anchor.fm. Uh, Maggie, please share your, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Maggie is a lifestyle coach, a mindset coach. Uh, she's, you know, 
really, uh, you know, uh, she's an entrepreneur, you know, a sexual abuse survivor and advocate. Um, if you want to reach out to her, she is a, uh, she can be reached on, you know, what's your website address first before I go into Facebook? Yeah. So, um, the website is V, V as in Victor, vmamalife.com. Um, if you check out the website, hopefully by the time this recording goes out, I'm going to have, um, a free download for you ladies of, uh, my 10 favorite time management hacks. Cause I know time management is a big source of anxiety. Oh, for nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to offer that to your listeners. So that will be available for you ladies on the website. Um, hope probably by the time this comes out, I'm working on it today and tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, okay. yeah, so best time, uh, time management hacks. We're also on Facebook. Uh, the business page is mindful mama. And I do have a private coaching group where I do do two trainings a week for you ladies and answer questions live. That is the mindful mama movement. Again, we're a private coaching group, um, where you can get free recipes, free downloads and just community. Right. Cause I think, I mean, you're, you're doing this so beautifully to open up the conversation and just know that we're not the only one experiencing this and just really Absolutely. Right? community is huge. So if you'd yes. love to join the community, we would love to have you and just have you a part of the discussion, you know, and elbows on the table, women to women and right. Let's just connect right now. It's, it's time more than ever. <laughs> Absolutely. And what about your Instagram? Yes, Instagram is mindful mama underscore life. Yes. Yes. So those are also ladies, please. Uh, thank you for offering that. Yeah. I mean, t- time management is certainly uh, huge right yeah. now, especially with many of us working virtually. Um, you know, a lot of moms are in the position now where, you know, they have children at home uh, learning virtually. And then on top of that, they're working from home and, you know, time management is huge, you know, cause you're still being a mom, you're still being, a, you know, working as a professional, yeah. you still have to be the cook and the, you know, the nurse and all those things that, that our kids need from us. Yeah. So that is a huge piece. Definitely. Definitely. But I am so appreciative <laughs> and grateful for your presence. I just today. love talking with you. I just, I love, I love yes, who you are. Yes. I love your soul. I love your spirit. Oh, I love everything you. you stand for. And I just, oh, this podcast is so amazing. I love it. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. I so appreciate that. I really do. And I'm so glad you finally came to sip some tea with me. <laughs> the tea was good. The tea was good. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Most definitely. But everyone, please remember that, uh, the podcast is available on anchor.fm or anywhere that you receive your podcast, including Spotify, Google, Apple. Um, but we are on the anchor.fm platform. You are welcome to leave a message. Um, also, remember that on Tuesdays on IG at sipping underscore T underscore with underscore d i do a tea time live every tuesday where i engage with you on various topics you're welcome to join in on the conversation um and i look forward to those days because i certainly look forward to always connecting with you so again another episode of sipping tea with d <laughs> have a wonderful <laughs> evening bye, bye. <laughs> Oof. <laughs>